Welcome, YouTube. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Welcome, YouTubers. That is uh, <laughs> the smiling gentleman below us. Is a good. Okay, we got both our guests coming in now. now. Let's start the show off proper. All right, now, YouTubers, supporters, we are regalradio.com, War Media. Thank you uh, once again for joining us. Another week of In the Building show. Our uh been doing some good things recently and uh we got a a great show here this week again two very funny gentlemen friends of ours dave hellum eli hamilton host of the jays and grays podcast sort of our first crossover episode but it's only for a half hour or so but we'll, we'll we'll give you a little bit of a crossover here but we got these two great Funny guys right here hanging with us for the next half hour. And uh, I guess Eli stay a little bit longer, but they're going to have to dip in a little bit. But how you guys doing, man? Too blessed to be stressed. Okay. Good, I hear that. No, I actually, got, you got, uh, sometimes you got a lot to keep from crying. Uh, yeah. Eli saying that because he was stuck in the snow yesterday. <laughs> and, and, and Sunday. Well, yeah, okay. we... I guess this side of the screen is is, is the snowed-in gentleman. Dave, you talking about <laughs> both of y'all up is, and the other side, y'all enjoying Southern Cali and shit. I feel like Tupac. <laughs> I'm Dave, 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 where you at? In a library closet or some shit? What's going on back there, man? <laughs> it's the same backdrop we have for the show every week. No, I'm talking, I'm talking to Dave Evans, not Dave Hellum. Oh. <laughs> What's going on back there, man? I'm in Beetlejuice bedroom. That's what it is. You supposed uh, to be on this podcast? Look like you look like you sneaking to be on here or something. You on punishment, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a. This is my office slash bedroom. We got a. You know, I got a home office, but it's half open, so you hear my kids screaming if I work out of there. Uh, we got to find a place where them kids don't jump on them. Do the show for an hour. I got some gummies you can give to them and put them right to sleep. I've tried that before. The wife said no. The, uh, the, the, yeah. the, melatonin, the melatonin. Oh, you talking Dave, about what the hell you buying gummies from? You ain't buying them from me? Oh, my God. Uh, That's where it be your own people, bro. My boss, <laughs> my boss, my boss gave, uh, gave us these gummies as an end-of-the-year rap present for the TV show. Nice. Okay. Have you, you you ain't opened them yet? Are you what? Nah. I think I'm I think I'm gonna do it when I'm in the bed. So if I start tripping, I can go to sleep. Hell yeah, I've I've had bad trips before, man. Man, look, go take a walk and just and eat like two of them. You have an amazing time. You're gonna be These are like 10 milligrams. You're gonna be just walking into places with no mask on, like hey. <laughs> they milligrams. I'm ten That's some serious shit. Don't eat two of them. Yeah, start off with two. Why not, man? You only live once. Shit. Fuck it. <laughs> Eli stay. Eli stay high. So that's the difference. No, actually, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Or, or I don't. Even, I don't even smoke weed. No, I. I, I do edibles, but no. that's what I. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I, the, the edibles. <laughs> I love the show. So I don't that's even do drugs. I ain't doing edibles in like two days. Shit. Oh, two days. Okay. What so, you on right now? <laughs> like I just I just left the gym like well actually you know what I left the gym my, my class got out at seven and then I had to shovel out my friend uh so actually I actually got two workouts today. You don't want to do edibles while you shoveling snow. So I can see where you go. 
I mean, it don't make you weak. You just be like, damn, you know. <laughs> I'm so glad when I go get something to eat and sit down. That's what you be thinking the whole time. Nah, see, I be like when I be high, I be like, damn, what happened to my body once I'm dead? Like, bro, you know, heroin. I don't know what's happening. That ain't. That ain't <laughs> that ain't <laughs> I'm like, how do the bugs feel? I don't know what y'all be doing, man. Edibles do not edibles does the exact opposite of you know bad trips. Thing is, people just don't really know how to dose them, and that's why they be having these bad trips. Like, man, I got that 400 milligrams. Man, who the fuck want to die? Just I want to enjoy this meatloaf that you infused, and 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 just relax and chill. I had some good brownies one time. I must have. Like I I I was felt I fell asleep like every twenty minutes for sixteen hours something like that. <laughs> no, I, there was definitely heroin in them brownies, bro. That's yeah, it might have been. It might have been. I I can't <laughs> trust that cousin, man. He 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 be on some shit. <laughs> but how, how you guys doing, man? It's you know besides you know finding ways to intoxicate yourself and you know. Dave, I saw I saw you uh you, you just you just produced another script for the for the Raven show. Why yes, I did. It's called So You Think You Can Drive, and uh, it's our season finale. Actually, it's it's probably our series finale, but you know it's probably really? over. Cause the kids old as hell, man. Like honestly, like. like they, like, y'all got an all black cast because you know white people age like all these bananas. So I know you, you ain't got no no. You old as hell with crow's feet in the corner of your ass talking about you sixteen like that. No, that's you flunk. Now we got we got a mostly black uh, black cast. It's like one white kid named Levi on the show, but Levi he's like the young kid, so he look good. But not older in real life. These the, the white kids ain't aging like that, bro. Now the old people. Not on the show, but I'm just saying in general. I can hear you possibly saying something like that, but these little kids. Hey, they uh, oh, I forgot you politically correct. Now call that shit. It turn off the camera. You don't tell the truth. They old as fuck. I can say that. <laughs> look, like, look at him. Uh huh. You too Hollywood now, Eli. Uh, that's why he got me because I can say the shit he can't say. He, they going forward. Just text me what you want me to say. I'll say that shit. You like you like Luca. <laughs> I'm gonna be like on behalf of Dave Hellum. Fuck y'all! Oh wait a minute, I'm gonna. You know, you know how Barack out. Obama had uh, had Luther on that uh, Ian Pierce. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. told the truth for him. Yeah, I'd be like, I had a great time tonight. He was like, "Fuck y'all niggas." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's why. That's why it works out just fine. Though. <laughs> he like, translated. Uh, he like, <laughs> I don't know, like my my evil spirit animal. You know what I'm saying? Like, get him, get him. <laughs> Everybody, everybody needs that friend. If if you if you're fortunate enough to have one, you hold them close. That's why our podcast work because like I'm not gonna go there. And he he be like, you know, he'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll do it. especially after a couple couple cups of Tito's. Man, quit sounding like a bitch, man. Fuck that. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> like wait a minute, slow down, slow down. I'm like no, nah, fuck that. I got I got shit to lose too. Maybe not a maybe not a job at Disney or Hollywood, but I got some other shit to lose. That's what you sound like, somebody who like <laughs> we ain't got nothing to lose. Stop ah, a bitch. Like like okay, man. Our First Amendment has been compromised like shit, man. I mean, yeah. I understand you got to have a filter, but man, everybody's so damn sensitive. We, we like we, we we like Jim Carrey in that movie where he had them black kids. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> after, after the uh, after I got knocked inside my head. 
You my liar, I, liar. No, me, me, myself, no. and Irene. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I ain't watched. The, I ain't watched some. I ain't watched movies in, in like forever. I wish I still had a VCR, man. I would just binge watch a whole bunch of things. <laughs> we need the VCR. Yeah, man. We we had so many dub tapes back in the day, bro. We we was bootlegging like crazy. Who was who was your preferred dude? Was it was it like a, a cat at the currency exchange or? Who are you talking about? Like as far as as far bootleg. as for bootlegs? Oh. Oh, well, you know, bootlegging really started with the DVDs. Like, we just dubbed VCR, like VHS tapes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, you was, see, see shit come on TV and y'all just yeah, you get the black. No, we would go, because you know, you used to be able to rent VCRs from the video store. Oh, okay. okay. We would rent, we had a VCR and then we would go rent a VCR and then we could, we would just dub the movies from the, uh, from like, you know, Blockbuster or, like from where, where I grew up at, it was like a Hastings, and we had like a little local video store and shit. So we had right. Robin Hood, RoboCop one two. We, you know what I mean, yeah, we had man, we had a whole library full of movies. The whole nine, bro. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you know when the DVD era came, oh yeah, my DVDs came from whoever. You know what I'm saying, I mean, in the city, you can just run across anything. I got like a. I, that's how I got put on power. It was, I was at Italian Fiesta <clears throat> waiting on my pizza, and I and I bought uh, power and rush hour three and some pizza. And I'm like, man, you right on time, bro, because this show is tonight. What? <laughs> what? Rush hour three? You said what? No, he was like, he was like, like where I get my bootlegs from. Like, don't nobody really buy bootleg DVDs no more. But like, um, because everybody you stream everything, but. Now, I just something like in the city, you can buy them joints anywhere. Bus stop, Italian Fiesta. Yeah. Remember, remember DJ's the comedy club? I'm not a comedy mm-hmm. club, but, uh, but DJ's the. Uh, yeah, in Dalton. Big room in Dalton. It used to be this real big dude who, who, who's the DVD man. I don't know if you remember this dude, but he was like really, really big. I thought he sold the Taffy Grapes. Nah, this dude was like super. Super big, and he was, but he would sell the bootleg. He would also sell like the bootleg porn, <laughs> like like when when you can buy man, what like the three for ten, what like that's when. Uh, how many times you buy a porno? Man, what you do with them? You still got them in your, like your drawers drawer or something? <laughs> nah, they, back, them off of the- they back in Chicago, man. But I'm saying like that. This this is when like Brian Pumper, like this is when dudes was fucking with new pads on, like like. This, <laughs> Hey, that nigga was so much fake ice. They clapped shit out that nigga, man. They weren't Ooh, doing no, they, they weren't doing them raps before the uh no. they was, was West Coast. They was that was West Coast uh productions right there. <laughs> Bro, that man was so much fake ice. <laughs> so much fake ice. And big tapes and porn on sad joint. I I would see him out in LA at this spot called the uh parlor. Him and hits by the streets. Oh, uh, I used to fuck with hits by the streets, boy. We all did. I ain't fuck with Brian Pumper though. <laughs> <laughs> Get that fake ass cross off, nigga. I don't care about your stroke game. So he can't. He can't. You can. You can wear fake glasses, but but he can't wear fake chains. No, that's the difference. <laughs> you, everybody you wear know. fake glasses. Don't everybody walk around with? Chains. You can wear fashion glasses, but but he can't walk around. <laughs> with a totally, different. totally different. 
<laughs> you can wear glasses with a sticker with a sticker on the lens. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> You're not amused, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, for sure. No. No. Somebody sent me um some liquor in the mail. Where's the label at? Man, no label on it. I'm not drinking this shit. Yeah, that's Ajax. That ain't no fucking liquor. I got a beef with you. Oh, so you got the Raven job and I didn't? Hey, Dave, here you go. Just congratulate you on drink like the anyway. Plan to get your uh, vital organs or something. It, it could be cologne or whiskey. I don't know. A piss <laughs> with, with cologne sprayed in it. <laughs> it's probably so like, like five to do minutes to smell like cologne. And after that, you're like, did somebody piss on themselves? <laughs> See, your description was a little bit too real. I know. Too real, bro. You know? <laughs> Like, is it a is it a return address on there? Yeah, but it's like uh, an initial with a last name that I don't, and it's like a New York address. Nigga, that shit is that shit is like a uh, a Wendy's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not a real address. I don't appreciate it. Anyway, um, how y'all doing? Yeah, man, we just hijack y'all show and shit, man. Like, do y'all even have questions for us? <laughs> Come on, we, 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 we kind of expected this going in, man. We ain't tripping it. We just, we just glad to have y'all on, man. It's like I said, it's been a while since you, uh, you know, we've been a while since we, we got to build with y'all. This is the show in the building. We building with good friends and people we admire, you know, people who, yeah, you know, we just oh, up here chilling, you know, like that. <laughs> but, but now nah, we, we, like I said, we glad to have y'all on, man. We appreciate it. And, uh, I guess if anything, like while we while we still got both of y'all, you know, if you want to just talk a little bit more about the show and what was y'all reasoning for for getting getting you know starting to show up and you know I know it's is it, it, you know I've talked to a couple comedians since the pandemic has started and I know it hasn't been easy for y'all you know having this lack of stage time, lack of a you know appearance time, and being able to do the shit that y'all regularly used to doing so. You know, it, it was was that part of the deal being just not having as much to do because it, it sort of was the deal for us with this, with our show like that and Dave moving out to to California. Dave, my Dave, Dave Evans. You know, we sort of use our using our show to stick together, and mm. y'all, y'all sort of it. Was, Dave Evans, you don't live in Chicago no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. that's why I'm in, that's why I'm in the Beatles juice room. Oh, okay. I like you move out to California too. Yeah, he, he he dipped out on he dipped out on Chicago, man. Well, you know that's what you're trying to try to maintain our connection. Is that is that a similar thing, though, for y'all? Well, I mean, not for me. Like, um, <laughs> look, like I wasn't, I hadn't been on stage that often, like I used to be. You know, with. Um, with building my my cannabis business, that kind of was taking up my time. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, we'll, but we'll, yeah, we'll but as far ahead. as the the comedy, just staying like staying one foot in. That's why I, that's so much fun doing a podcast because we still get to be ourselves, you know, and still like have a sense of humor. And the only difference is that we we're not doing a set, but it's so much material that comes and materializes from just having a free. Freestyle conversation with Dave. You know what I'm saying? We we gel with each other pretty good. I miss the stage though. I do. I mean, I, last time I was on stage was about a month and a half ago. 
But I mean, I got so much heat since we've been on this pandemic. I got so much Ooh. funny shit. I can't wait to comedy open back up. That's I'm rusty. I'm rusty. Uh, I'm not even. I can't even say I miss it right now because I haven't even written anything. Like last time I, I was on stage was in Chicago. We would do like a little pop up show, and I was easily the weakest link on that stage that night. It was Calvin Evans, uh, Just Niche, uh, T Murph, Clark Jones. And myself, and I think Ramon Rivas dropped in for a guest spot, but there's there's some headers though. <laughs> it was a great show, uh, but I was I haven't wrote a joke since my special, and that was all my material thrown out the window. So I don't even have any jokes right now. So I've just been focusing on, you know, working on the show for Disney or whatever, and the next writing job. But um, I'm gonna get back to it. I just haven't. I ain't written nothing down. You you dealt with COVID head on too though, right? So oh yeah, I had, I had that bitch, and it was funny because we we had just had our COVID episode too. That's how you got it. <laughs> Talking to your dirty ass, yeah. Weak ass immune system. Fuck out of here. Talking about I don't do vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, have the I didn't have the Teflon mask, so I caught it. Uh, <laughs> that the. I, I, the, I, it's been a few weeks since I get a chance to catch your, your uh, most recent show, but the one you guys did on the financial planning, that was a great show because it ended up it ended up meandering from that to like some wow. That's because they, they got shit. horrible tasting shoes. That's all. <laughs> it just ended up meandering to like some from some like structure. We talking about black building black wealth and stocks and bonds and all that good shit with your man to on the show. Each other. And to roasting each other. It just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the direction. I'm guessing every episode devolves into a roasting session. That's what E. That wants from Rusty. He's like, no, man, I just be keeping it organic. You know, that's just what niggas do. They want to see my shoe collection. I really thought I was going to impress them, but then they start talking shit. I'm like, I couldn't take that. He pulled out a boot. He pulled out a boot with fur on the inside. I was like, you know, many times I got hit on in that boot. That was in Boys Town. I got hit on under the list, but still. My who? Uh, Sasquatch? <laughs> no, I was, I was in Boys Town, but under the list, you know, I got hit on. Ooh, bitch, them boots is nice. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> nice. I'm like, let me get that, up out of here. That, that might have been a Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh, it, my gosh. That's. That's the great thing that you guys show is like there's it, it ends up just being structured at some point and it just kind of like come unfolding like a messy ass taco. And what do, great- you, what do you think that common denominator is? Because <laughs> I, I have an idea. <laughs> but it's only two that of cheap, y'all. So. That, that, that cheap ass fucking kombucha liquor you be drinking. <laughs> He said that he that man. I swear that you think you be hot. Oh, this oh this is some uh this is some uh Kiwi Kiyosara drink right here. Like what's he going? To go get that bullshit he been drinking. It's like I the stash. That bottle cost fourteen dollars, bro. Get your ass out of here. This is the finest. This is uh, made in the birthplace of Alexander Murray, okay? Distilled, matured, and bottled in Scotland. That's, that's straight from the white folks. That's that was Heineken. So you, is that supposed to be high end? <laughs> right. 
Every every nigga I see today drink Uncle Nearest. I don't know if y'all fuck with that. Sla- slave no, liquor. Yeah, I mean, no. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's that, bro? No, Uncle Nearest is um. He slave was it. actually a spinoff from Jim. Um, not Jim Beam. Is it Jim Beam? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he actually he actually um came up with the ingredient for Jack Daniels, but Jack Daniels um kind of gave him his own spinoff with the Uncle Nearest brand. I guess it kind of falls underneath that, you know. I guess it's like a sister company to Jack Daniels or the, whatever the brand is. But but nah, yeah, you got to support the Uncle Nearest, man. I'm saying that niggas ain't drinking Uncle Nearest. Niggas is drinking um. Paul Masson, whatever you got going on. Yeah, internet niggas, I should say, because that's all I see. Miller High Life. That's what I see when I go outside. Yeah, definitely. Outside, where you live at? I bought. I buy by Fifty Fifth in Michigan. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's gonna be real nice, son. It's it's turning a little bit. Yeah, it's got a little. It's got a little work to do. Remember yeah, they had that you, club over there? It was, it was, they, they tried to put like a nightclub on like 51st. You talking about um no, you talking no, that was on, on Prairie. You talking about um what's the name of that spot? It was on 51st or something though. Yeah, it, um, oh yeah, I do I do know I do oh, swagger. Yeah. Swagger like that was they had second. the little outside patio with the fire pit outside. It was nice, it lasted for like six months, and then yeah. it does it did what it did in the neighborhood. It'd it be so. It'd be so like. I, I I really have a soft spot. Like when they be like, man, you know, we are gonna change the community. We are gonna put this community garden, and we are gonna have free hip hop concerts for the kids in Inglewood. I'm like, oh. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> you don't believe in it. Three months later. You <laughs> like you surprised they still got that uh, Whole Foods over there. Well, when I well, I mean, obviously, once they put the whole foods in there, that was just a preview. Like, just letting y'all, letting, getting y'all niggas enough time, to just know it's about to happen. <clears throat> yeah, that, I, I used to do a bit about that. Like the Whole Foods, <laughs> that's the only Whole Foods chain that got um, hot Cheetos made from organic <laughs> sea salt, and they out of a lot of shit. Like the, the the employees there, you in order to work at like a Whole Foods, you gotta have some knowledge of some healthy foods. So when somebody say, "Hey, can you tell me where I can find like the uh, paprika?" Like, what's that? Okay, you don't know. How about um, how about the uh, what's that water everybody drinking now? The alkaline water. Alkaline water. What's that? Battery water. <laughs> you talking about the batteries? That's behind the counter. Like, no al. al- Never mind. Stay woke. All right, y'all. I, I got to dip in a little bit, man. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't stay on longer. And I'm sorry I couldn't find the email to get on here earlier. Uh, but that's that's not y'all fault. I'm, I'm like, these niggas ain't nothing. Goddamn in the building. Dave, what you about to, what you about to go uh, do some mixing and scratching? You said what? About to go do a, about to go DJ or something? <laughs> I'm about to go do uh, Tahir's podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Zoom in with the homies on uh whatever they, on oh, YouTube. That's why, you got, that's why you got your bebop gear on. I, I see you. Hmm. I okay. see you, player. I see you. We go you, look like, you look we, like a we, ninja we turtle. We appreciate you coming through, though, Dave, man. You said what? We appreciate you coming through, though, man. You got, you got, we got to find out a time to get you a little longer. 
I mean, yeah, normally I'm free, but this this Tuesday, for whatever reason, um, I wasn't. But I would love to come back. Bring Eli back, too, so I can roast his ass. Looking like <laughs> you look like a Ninja Turtle woke up one morning and was like, oh, shit. I'm Bro, a- look, man, I'm telling you, I'm I'm on fire right now. You look Even like well, Raphael looked like if he was woke. Like, like, like you, you, you look like nigga, my hand's inbox is on fire right now. You hear me? You look on like fire. you. Never mind. I ain't got time. Uh, but, all right, y'all. I got a dip. Thank y'all for having me on the show. Peace. All right, bro. Check out Jays and Graves. Jays and Graves. Check out Jays and Graves. No doubt. You get. Yes. Sorry, we give you more time to plug later. You it's cool. Yeah. Feel free, feel free to say what you want about him behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Dave, that's that's the homie, man. Good guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good guy. But yeah, yeah. so I, I I know this this is something that uh you know Dave brought up when we was talking about getting you on the show before your whole uh your transitioning, you know, out, not necessarily out of comedy, but you know, just trying to do other things. You know, it's a lot. You know, I think a lot of us can understand that having to do other things in this in this day and age. You know, but you are getting into the weed business, huh? Well, he's in it. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a new industry, man. So, you know, I think the most challenging part is just that it's so uh, the compliance is so heavy to get in. They're not making it easy to get in. I mean, but once you get licensed, man millions you know what i'm saying and i'm not and i'm not like exaggerating they make yeah. it very difficult for you to get the license it's a lot of state regulations and right now say illinois has been <clears throat> undergoing like a lot of lawsuits and litigations man from how they um try to basically screw over people with the dispensary licenses because actually the social equity applicants which is what they call black people who has you know had family who's been impacted by the war on drugs or who's have convictions or whatnot. This basically in a nutshell saying, you know, it wouldn't feel right to us profit off of what we've locked y'all up for for the last 30 years, you know. So you know, we're gonna make a um social equity piece of this application, but you gotta qualify, you gotta prove that you've lived in uh what they call a DIA area, disproportionately impacted area, um <clears throat> basically the hood. Or if you have somebody who has a conviction or if you've been convicted, yada, yada, yada. But nonetheless, you know, it's it's you know, it's a lot of money in the industry, man. And, you know, I'm a businessman. I'm also a visionary. So, um, yeah, man. Like so right now we apply for three of our licenses, which is it was that's an accomplishment in itself because. Yeah, it's this hardest thing I've ever had to do professionally, and like you know, building a team, finding the resources to get certain exhibits done. You know, um, I mean, bro, just it's 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 very difficult to even explain. But we spent we just in bootstrapping, we spent thousands and thousands of dollars just getting the application submitted, <clears throat> and everybody still won't get in. They won't get in. But the connections we've had to make. You know, um, just, you know, you got to learn how to actually build capital, um, how to write a performer. You got to hire people to do that. You got to find somebody who know how to do that. It's a lot of networking. 
to get stuff done, man. But like I said, it's, it's the most difficult thing I've had to do professionally. And absolutely, I'm not by myself. Um, you know, I got a, I got business partners. There's seven of us on our team. But the, uh, so, you know, everybody got their role. And like with, uh, we have a edibles business that's already operating and we're expanding over to CBD. So we've been doing it for about three years and it's going really well. We got over mm, about about 700 customers, but um, yeah, it's about, about to be 701. Hey, man, <laughs> hit my line, baby. You got my email too, so we I can talk. Where, where are you selling those edibles from? For you got a website, you gotta be, you gotta be a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Can't just be out there. Also, y'all selling, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you actually want to like find us, man, just go to our Instagram page or Facebook page, Chummies Edibles. It'll pop right up, you know our logo, you know. But uh, you know, really with ed- with edibles, man, it's, it's, it comes a uh, uh, responsibility, man. You know, a lot of people out here just putting stuff in a ziploc bag and like, yo, it's five hundred milligrams. It's just gonna get you crazy high, like, you know. The but you be surprised, man. <clears throat> it's becoming a lot more destigmatized. So you have, uh, you know, people in high executive positions, politicians, doctors, soccer moms, whoever, older people. You know, they like edibles, mostly gummies and some of the beverages. But you just really got to find your lane and perfect it, man. You know what I'm saying? Packaging is important. You know what I'm saying? The presentation, uh, the whole business model got to be set up, man. We take it serious. We run like a real business. I mean, it is a real business, but, you know, but, um, yeah, we licensed. Uh, it's not a license. I'm sorry. Uh, we register with the state, you know, our businesses and whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, but. Well, good luck with that, man. You know, it's we definitely need brothers to be getting if you if the shit's legal. I mean, the shit's legal now. So, you know, like like you say, there's a lot of issues that's been going on with shutting with brothers being shut out of this legitimate business now. And like you said, for so long it's been, you know, you you we've it's been an illegal source of income, but one of the only source of income. So you lock us up for that. But now that it's legal, we get shut out of doing it in the legal way. You know, it's a, it's a can't, you know, it's a catch twenty two. It can't, you know, you can't win for losing type shit. So I mean, but it's a lot of ancillary services that you can get involved in too. But that's not where the money at. You know what I'm saying? So we, yeah. you know, we didn't apply for dispensary licenses. Like our license we applied for was infusion, craft grow, and transportation. So we want to be on the manufacturing side. You know, that's where our, where a lot of the money at, and that's where we specialize at as far as with the. Um, especially with the edibles we've kind of perfected that but then like i said cbd is legal so you know we can be we can be very uh, strategic and a little bit creative on how we on how we really uh you know showcase the brand so yeah i mean with stand up like i love stand up but i love business and i like working for myself and you know when the pandemic hit a lot of people lost a lot of money a lot of shows was canceled for the cannabis business, man, it spiked. <laughs> so, 2020 was a was pretty good to me. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty good. Well, you know, I think one thing you left out, Eli, is that your your, your main job wasn't comedy before this in the first place. Oh, I'm gonna get to that. But yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about the insurance. But no, I've been doing comedy longer than I've been doing insurance. I started stand up in 2011. I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into the finance industry in 2015. Oh, okay. So newer. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's 
you know, I'm a financial advisor too, man. Everything happened for a reason. You know, I got a very interesting career path, man. Is you know, it's not, it's not, it's a little bit unorthodox than what most people kind of do as far as climbing up the corporate ladder. You know, I, I I did the corporate America for ten years. Graduated college, was working in the CPG industry for uh, PepsiCo, Frito Lay. I was a DM. Then I was at Coca Cola as a market manager. Then I left. And I was doing stand up full time for about 15 months. And I'm like, OK, this is fun. But it was almost like I was back in college, man. I'm in my early 30s getting fucked up and mm. and drunk as shit on a Wednesday. But I'm having fun. It's so much fun. But I'm. It's, it was a part of me that was like, man, this is fun. But I feel a little irresponsible. And, you know, I was still trying to keep my foot in the corporate you know, uh, like the corporate life a little bit because I was still a part of business organizations and, you know, I still needed to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. So uh, it was really just trying to find a happy median. You know, a lot of the professionals knew I do this, did stand up. But when I started doing um, <clears throat> when I got into like the insurance business, you know, I was with Mass Mutual for like a year and a half. And then I'm, I'm still in New York life now, but um, it was like. I wanted. I didn't want to be introduced as Eli, the comedian. I wanted to be in certain settings. I want to be introduced appropriately. You know, this is Elijah Hamilton. You know, he's an advisor. Da 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 da. da. He, you know, I mean, yeah, I could. I have my whole thirty-second pitch, <clears throat> and then when I'm in prof in the comedic settings, yeah, then you're like, yo, this is Eli. You know, he da 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 da. He run this show here. You know, you see him here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. Yeah, yeah you funny. Blah 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 blah. That was cool. You know, and then it just kind of goes hand in hand as far as the marketing. That's why I have so many different social media platforms. So my Instagram platform, which has recently got taken down for no fucking reason, and I'm pissed off about that. They, they <laughs> yeah, I saw that, page, I saw that when I looked you up on, on IG. Like, yeah. yeah, man. I'm for no reason, bro. And they're talking about, like, you know, all the money I done spent with them boosting posts. Like, you like you just going to put me out of business for no reason and then give me my money back. Like, right. I'm dead ass about to file a complaint. Like somebody gonna hear me. Like you, I, it, I mean, that was years of building, and I didn't post nothing, no homophobic, xenophobic, racial, whatever. Like it's just a comedy page, and ain't even know whatever. I didn't do shit. <laughs> so why y'all right, talking about? You couldn't put some titties up on there like Boosie did back. Nah, the bro, I didn't post shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I, saying I, you could, if you could got your money's worth, they's gonna kick you off. Yeah, I'm just pissed off, man. But. You know, I got that, and then the LinkedIn profile is, is strictly professional, and then my Facebook is kind of like PG thirteen. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I got family members on there, professionals on there, fans right. on there, strangers. I don't even know how they know me on there, but so I, you know, I don't get too. I, I'm just raunchy, ain't really my style, no way. You know, but you, you just gotta like switch it up though. So man, I, I wear a few different hats, man. You, you mentioned like people following you on, online you have no idea but you know i would think that probably a lot of it comes, comes from the comedy has has have you ever been in a situation or sort of found yourself with somebody knowing you that you just from your comedy or from you know from whatever <laughs> that your podcast or whatever that you just like just yeah. like wow it just blew your mind like it didn't blow my mind man i know I'm not saying like I'm locally famous or nothing like that, but I know a lot of people and a lot of people know me. Probably more people know me than I know them. But, um, you know, I've, I've definitely had that happen. Somebody I think the most the most flattered I was was when um, I was at a club 
and this chick came up to me and she she told me like oh i saw you da, 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 you funny and she told me one of my jokes and recited it back to me i'm like damn you know okay that was pretty dope you know what i'm saying and i've had that happen a few times people like said oh okay but i ain't no stand-up going on so really ain't nobody you know unless they just see my presence online or some people know me you know um it's almost like <clears throat> yeah they'll it's like they'll come and talk to you and you be like, oh, okay. And like five minutes of the conversation, you're like, who are you? You know, but I'm just, you know, I'm pretty approachable, man. I'm nice to everybody. Yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Dave, how did, because you guys, like you said, you, you had sort of a relationship on y'all alone through business and stuff. You know, how, how did that develop, you know, with, with y'all like building in that way? Was it BNI or was it so or was it BNI? Uh, yeah, BNI. Uh, it's a business networking group, um, you know, that we met through, um, and that's how we initially got connected. Mm. You go, you go, you go, uh, sit once, was it once a week, have lunch? Um, and it's kind of like going on a, it's kind of like speed dating. Um, you hope you, you hope you end up connecting with somebody, doing business with them. Takes a little while, uh, you know. So you pay you pay you pay for the event, you pay for the food, um, and then if you do that for a year or two, you may get some business. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how, how, how do y'all size up? Cause you know, Dave, I guess I I heard some things from you, and you know, you you had a particular way of looking at things, and now you know now you going out to California with a different environment, but you know, Eli, hold on, wait a minute. So you really are in California. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. What part, of, what part of Cali you moved to? I'm in Southern California. I'm in mean, like South LA County, border of Orange. What? Uh, what? Shit, what made you move out there? Uh, my wife's here. My wife's family is here. Uh, I got two kids, and you know, COVID is was making things tough. So we just y'all locked, y'all locked down in Southern Cali too, though. Yeah, but it's easier. It's a lot easier. I'm not sorry. You know, sorry. I can go outside um, without snow. Anyway. Are you growing um, the real estate out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm licensed here. Um, yeah, I'm licensed here. I'm trying to work as if, you know, I've been licensed here for about going almost four, four months now. Oh, four man, months. Congratulations. I, I really, I didn't know you, I didn't know you made that move, man. So, sorry. Yeah, I, I think the only times we've probably seen it was through Jays and Grays, and I'm just a, a viewer on the show. The person You ain't here. missing shit here, but snow and carjacking. So <laughs> congratulations for getting out. They got somebody. They got somebody on my block. They got a police officer on my old block. Right, yeah. I did see that on Oak and Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's wild. It's, it's like two. It's like two hundred something carjackings in in the first in in January alone. Yeah, it's they, they wild out here, bro. You like you got a car, man? Yeah, yeah. I got I got the ones they want. I got a Grand Cherokee. Shit, yeah. But I stay in my rear view. <clears throat> right. I probably keep my eyes in my rear view and save you more than I do on the windshield. I think a grand, grand check. Wasn't that the one that they jumped out on the, the fireman? Then he yeah, had one of those? He had a brand. Yeah, he had a brand. He, wasn't, he wasn't even at the car yet. He was walking to the car. Mm-hmm. And they jumped down on him. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Like, that was kind of strange. I, I mean, what if he would have been walking to like a Buick LeSabre? You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. But yeah, that was unfortunate, man. I have a uh, one of the buddies that I work out with. That was his uncle. That was pretty close. <clears throat> oh wow! 
Yeah, that shit, that shit really be pissing you off, man. It's like, man, these young motherfuckers, like, just stupid. But it's a little yeah. nerve. It's a little nerve wrecking, man. It's a little nerve wrecking, you know. Um, you just gotta really be on point at all times, and yeah, that's why a lot of people move leave the city after a while. Like, it was fun and game. I first moved here in 20, 2008, just partying, going out clubbing. It was like I'm getting a little older now. Don't go out as much. Ain't nobody going out right now. But you know what I'm saying? He's like, man, I just want to be peace and be in peace. I don't want to have to be dealing with that shit. So I see how people when they get older and especially when they get families and kids, they say, fuck this. They leave the city, they either go to the burbs. And it depends yeah. on which suburb you go to, shit. <laughs> Still Maybe rough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're not you're not a native of the city originally? Nah, man. I grew up I grew up in a small town. I'm like from southern Illinois. So like a little country okay. town, man. But um, my family from here, my parents were born and raised there. So we was back and forth all our life. So when I moved up here in 08, I kind of just fit right in because like I had been coming up here. I had friends here from school. I had family here, cousins. So I just I came here like I had been living here for years to start kicking it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, you know, we was, was kind of going to get into that. We we. We have to explain again that Dave actually is in California now, but but I don't know, Dave. Maybe you could start start off with that. Like, how how, how have you sort of been as sort of like a business in, in as far as business goes, and how maybe open or flexible things, you know, your ability to move around in Cali. Like, how how do you compare that to Chicago? I wish I did it years ago, and, and, and uh, I, I keep it real. I, I love, I mean, you know, it's Chicago's a very small town um, comparatively to where I'm at. I've made as many connections here in the last, you know, not even six months, but probably like four months as I've made, it took me five or six years in Chicago. Um, you yeah. know, so yeah, I mean, it's, there, there's, there's no comparison. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work wherever you're at, but yeah, I, I, like to be here you know chicago's a small small place i love home uh but from a business standpoint it, it, it sucked uh yeah i mean yeah so <laughs> it is yeah there's pros and cons to living in the city man um <clears throat> chicago isn't you know it's not like a mecca for you know black professionals like like a dc or an atlanta or houston or even a charlotte you know what I'm saying? Um, Are you, you yeah. think we behind Houston and Charlotte at this point? Yeah, black professionals. Yep, Charlotte but, definitely. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean the thing is we don't really have what's we don't have. Well, first of all, we don't have an HBCU here. And if you consider Chicago State an HBCU, I'm gonna throw a glass of fucking acid in your face. Like no. That is oh, not salt, salt, salt. That's my grad school. Um, so man, man, I mean, I just hey, look, I'm not saying everybody that go there, but I'm just saying you can't compare it to like uh, a traditional HBCU, you know. Um, but no, and, I, and I'm not saying I see y'all had a show about HBCUs recently, and apparently, y'all talked about how they're typically in bad neighborhoods anyway. <laughs> yeah, they they are, but I mean, the the positive energy, man, on the campus, I don't know. It kind of, you. I mean, you gonna have your people get through the cracks and do a little bullshit, but yeah, I, I know when I first 
got on campus at TSU. It was niggas posted outside the dorms like it's on the block. I'm like, boy, take your ass to class, nigga. We ain't come down here for that shit. And it was fun. It was exciting, man. It was all. It was an adventure almost every day. Like that was some good good times right there. Kyle, I will to 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 Eli's point. I will say those two trips to Howard made me very envious to not be able to go to AB, uh, HCB. Um, yeah, it made me very envious not to be able to go. Uh, I wish we could have. I wish I could afford to go to Howard. So you gotta um, you gotta attend an HBCU to even say it. He can't even say it. <laughs> he don't have I, an HBCU uh, lingo tongue. He like HCB. There I said, there never there mind. You, yeah, I want to talk about one to the black people one. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 Dave, Dave, you and I are the same age. I used to work at West. Uh, I'm 37. What do you? I'm 39, saying? but West was still there. West, West. Teleservices. It they uh, stood. It was right next to that uh, town and country trailer park. Oh, okay. Everybody used to work there. Everybody. That was like a club job. Normally after yeah, but I used to work there. That's how I made so many friends with SIU. But um, yeah, man. Uh, they used to crack man. Uh, the barn, the upper deck. Uh, Lewis yeah. Park, yeah. um, the fields, Penny Pinch Penny, Carbos, bro, you name it, man. I motherfucking you got it all down, bro. Got yeah. it in the first two years, and then I transferred to Tennessee State, and okay. and that's pretty, uh, yeah. And I and I, I mean I was that's in Nashville, yeah. No, I, like I partied hard, I had fun, I kicked it, bro. But I I didn't bullshit with class. Like I was a dean, I was on the dean's list every semester. I graduated on time. I took care of business, but but I definitely made some some um, a lot of friends, man, and, and even more memories. Me yeah. and Dave bonded early in our friendship with, with those two trips to Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we, yeah, we went we went because uh we was both involved with the black journalist uh chapter at SIU and we would go to the Howard Howard would have a, a big job fair for journalists uh like in each fall each fall. I think it was like oh four and oh five we went there. And uh yeah. Was- yeah man, um I didn't know to be honest with you, I didn't know anything about HBCUs before I even went to HBCU. Yeah, I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> I ain't know no shit about college before I went to college. I ain't had nobody. Nah, in, in I, my I mean, I, I mean, I actually applied for like the University of Texas, DePaul, um, uh, I can't even remember the other schools I applied for, but I just went on a college tour. I knew I wanted to go to school. I know I wanted to go to college because I just wanted to get away from where I grew up at. Yeah. And uh, and I was going to school for the wrong reasons. I just wanted to party. And be around girls, but um, when I went, to, when I stepped on Tennessee State, and I seen all them uh, beautiful black women, and they said the ratio was fourteen to one, and they was barbecuing in the courtyard on a Wednesday afternoon. It was like seventy five degrees outside. They had the speakers out there. I'm like, oh nigga, this is this me. I'm here. I don't even see no more schools. Well, what about? I don't care. I'm here. I'm this. Is I'm coming. I'm coming to school here. And the yeah, rest man. Of that I I I would I would have explored HBCUs more, but I 
I know I know two things. I, I wasn't gonna go out of state because I need because money wise that wasn't gonna be the move. And I fucked up too much in high school, so I wasn't wasn't too many schools reaching out for me. But besides <laughs> the, the the state schools, so I was you know I, I went to SIU because it was they had a uh, good writing programs down there, and I knew I wanted to do something in writing. So that's sort of I, I, we sort of drew to each other. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I wish I, I wish there was an HBCU in Illinois, or at least like close enough by where I could have maybe have maintained like you know financially would have been feasible. But I mean HBCU, HBCU, man. I mean there's some really good you know um, collegiate schools in Illinois though that yeah. highly accredited. You know what I'm saying? But I'm know, happy with what I did. Event, you know what I wound up doing. You know that's yeah. how you you know there's like there's some nights where it seems like. This stuff like it's Friday and Saturday. It kind of seems like HBCU on the left. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they act natural fool on the damn weekend. And oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, May Smith and uh, Schneider. Yeah, I was a May Smith kid. Yeah. Schneider on. <laughs> yeah, we should have had this would have been a good place to have Dave on because Dave went to Morehouse. He had a yeah, great right. Yeah, his, his Denzel story is awesome. That's all. Come on, me. <laughs> uh hello. Yeah, yeah. You talking about you talking about when he graduated? No, when 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 his when his uh when his son was when Denzel's son was there. Uh, oh yeah, he, he did go to the band, band. Yeah. And we and when Dave was on the band and he tried to talk to Denzel and Denzel kind of like flaked to push him off. Man, <laughs> it was on your show. Like it was on your show. Damn, he like he don't remember. I probably zoned out because I was. <laughs> That's the only reason why I know it because it was on your shit. I'm like, he said that shit. Damn. I, yeah, I, it, was, it was it was on David Gray. That was the reason why I do it. <laughs> That's one of those times he just wasn't listening, huh? He just was like, "Fuck this." Dude. I probably zoned out for a hot second. <laughs> I, was I, lit. I was a little lit that show. I think I, we got to an argument at the end of the show too. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's like like Dave's greatest skill as a comedian is just being self deprecatory. Like that's his greatest skill. Like nobody, like he's I don't know. He's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield, Black Rodney Dangerfield in that sense, where he just where he's really good at no talking, talking shit about my ear. Making himself seem crestfallen to talk shit about himself. That so, but that is, yeah, it would have been good to have him on the call to talk about Morehouse. What? Mm. Yeah. I got, I, when you come back on the show, I gotta, you gotta remind <laughs> us for that. Dude. I, I gotta, I want to hear yeah. that story. Yeah, no, that 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 in the transition towards teaching, it it's really that that's something that resonated with me about Dave too. Is that was my that was my journey to going to Chicago State for grad school and it was backwards because they make you do all your education up front, put you in a classroom at the end of the program. After four or five years, they stick you in Corliss and say, have at it. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> they, have been, they have been on probation since I had graduated from like high school. And this was like 14 in <laughs> 2014. <laughs> and I was yeah, just like, oh, I, I, I think they just stuck you at the wrong school, man. They oh, no, they do that intentionally, and they like yeah, you know, they where you gonna be put when you through graduate. the fire. Like they, yeah. like my, like my boy Gene, he, I got the wrong idea because they put he was at Brooks. And I'm like, wow, right. Brooks is nice, but I forgot that he originally was at Orr, and that that was his that was his uh, training day was at Orr before he 
you know, graduated to go to Brooks. So, yeah, they put you at the shitty school. And I think that Hellum, they, I forgot he was teaching somewhere on the west side before he said, fuck this shit. And, <laughs> and so that's yeah, yeah, he got on them vice lord jokes. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so they always put you in the bad school. Like you do all this education, you do all this training. Like I could have been in law school twice for as much time as I spent in Chicago State. And I was just like, I wish I just you know, I wish I could had a you know a crystal ball to see that this ain't gonna work. I'm thinking I'm going to you know uh, a prep school and be able to teach there. I was like, and now they they gonna throw your ass in a lion pit. Where, wherever, you know, first. And mm-hmm. then you got to work your way up, get the seniority to go somewhere else. Good. Eli, you got you got any opinion on, on this ongoing shit with the with the with the city schools and the and the union and everything, man? I'm not I'm not that well versed or um, uh, actually knowledgeable about it. But I know that from what I from what I believe, I understand is that they trying to make them go back the teachers go back to school uh go inside the actual schools and they are still saying it's not safe so i did see something where uh the mayor said that if they don't go back that uh some what they're gonna lose um uh, they're gonna lose a job or something like that am i am i correct uh, i think i think that was that was a good chance that they would have struck they would have had a strike on monday and i think they they, they just avoided that and like today and tomorrow are sort of like these bridge days where they're negotiating. And yeah, you know, yeah events, event, they're trying to work against not having to be put in that type of situation. It's, it's a trip. I mean, I you know, I'm like, whoa, you mean to tell I got to go back and deal with these badass kids? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> these parents stay, stay with them. Yeah. Hell no. I I I, look, I I want my kids to go too, you know. But I understand the teacher's position. I mean, that's that's another part of the challenge about being a teacher in like major cities like Chicago too. Is that it's lip service that you know they tell you, oh, we appreciate teachers and shit like that. But you end up getting the short end of the stick, and you'd be better off being a cop or a firefighter in Chicago because no matter what, whatever the fuck you do, you are gonna get that they get their pension paid, and they get it paid on the backs of a lot of people in the city. So. I mean, I, you know, with teachers, fuck y'all. Y'all gonna have to take more furlough days. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 man. That's a that's a very precarious position to be in, man. Um, you know, the teachers may not necessarily feel safe being with all of those people in one in one building, being there's still a pandemic going on. You know, uh, chances of catching it is is still pretty high. So I understand their position. You know, I'm not gonna hit sit up here yeah, and say. I think, I think. Yeah, and some people take it more serious than others, man. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on so long. I got COVID fatigue. You know, uh, it's like, man, I be working out. My my mask be under my nose now. <laughs> I'm saying I take the whole thing off to breathe, and then I might do a silly. Like, oh shit! I forgot my mask. Nah, fuck it. Ain't nobody saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You start, you start like cutting. You corners. go out and work out, or you got your own. Uh, I'm, I'm out. I need to look at ass when I work out. That's my motivation. Like, yeah, damn, she thick as hell. I help me do like another, another ten reps. Like, look at me. I don't be making them noises like some people doing. That should be lame. It's like twenty eight, twenty nine. <laughs> but it's the, it makes it makes the workout look too much on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, it makes the workout a little bit more pleasant though. But no, I enjoy working out. But no, I uh yeah, no, I I, I mean I'm re- I'm responsible, man. I'm fortunate enough to have had had caught it. You know what I'm saying? No one like, you know, no family members has caught it. So we blessed in that yeah. regard, man. I you know, I take care of myself for the most part, you know, try to eat healthy and work out. That might have something to do with it, or more than anything, man, it's just most high keeping me healthy, you know what I'm saying? But like I you know, I don't go to no super spreader events. I have been to Atlanta and Nashville. <laughs> yeah, you, you talk. You supposed to talk about that on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I, I was, I was down there, and um, what were you down there for? What were they? What they had going on? Well, Nashville, I went. So you know, uh, I flew to Nashville. That's my first time flying during the pandemic, and that flight was packed. Let me tell you. So. I'm like, God damn, ain't no middle seats uh, open. Y'all just taking all the seats up, huh? Thirsty as hell, Delta. But anyway, um, I was I, I wasn't too nervous, but it was cool, man. It, it, uh, it was still people out, you know, down in the south, man. They kind of, you know, they're a little bit more lenient with their uh, social distance rec- uh, guidelines. But uh, I was down there actually, man. I was met up with some college friends, man. We got a nice ass Airbnb and just caught up friends enjoyed ourselves man and then I, I drove down to Atlanta and I was down there for a week just with my business partner doing business you know what I'm saying but uh with our business and I didn't really do any um I didn't really do any like hanging out or partying and kicking it was mostly business the last night I was there I did um meet up with somebody for uh like for drinks but aside from that it was um yeah it was mostly business but you know Eli, I, don't, I don't know how much you up in the sports but I, they, they've been they've been reporting out of the NBA that they trying they they haven't had they hadn't scheduled an, an All Star game, uh, you know this year because of you know their their different schedule, and they're trying to force they're trying to force one in now, and they, and they they're apparently going to try to do it in Atlanta, and I'm might I, as I well another show. They don't give a fuck. Like, like, come I, on, I, we I, out here anyway. <laughs> Right. That's what I, I said. Like I had, I got another show. We was talking about this last week. I was like, man, I don't know. That's that may be some shit that start off the zombie apocalypse, man. I, you know, man. That, that's, look, you talk about a they, super if, spreader event. They stood. They look. They they heard immunity down there, bro. Like they out there, out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what's a couple? What's a, what's about a hundred thousand more people? It ain't shit. Like we. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they ain't worried about that COVID. Which, you know how black folks are with all star game. We just had one last year here. You know they're gonna, oh, they gonna be coming in from everywhere <laughs> and bringing was- it back and bringing it back. I personally don't think they should. I don't think they should do it. I mean, if they really trying to like curb this virus and get back to normal, try to keep those events down. Like yeah. that's like holding the Olympics which- and 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 you know all the people from different countries is coming. Like just know. It's cool. Like we made it through one year. We we going on twelve months now with this shit, man. And it's it's like I said, it's, it's fatigue, man. People not, the small business has been hurting the most. You know what I mean? Um, economically, a lot of people been you know been out of work. So like yeah, we can hold off on that pleasure, man. Sports is a, sports is 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 a is a luxury, but it's not a necessity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, let that shit let that shit sit for a year, man. Like, yeah, just play that shit. If you're gonna play it, play it in a bubble. We can watch it on TV. 
You know what I'm saying? But no, don't have no hope. I wouldn't host that shit. And if the mayor or the and if the mayor, which I believe is Keisha Bottoms down in Atlanta, yeah, if she allows that, man, and you know, shame on her. Like shame on her, she let that shit ride. I I I, I agree. That's it's not it's not very Wakanda like. You know, that's what T I wanna say is Wakanda <laughs> no. down there. It's not that's not very Wakanda like. You know? No, no, don't fuck that. No, don't even hold it. And and I'm, I mean, I'm just as eager to get back to to moving around like anybody else. Yeah. But um, but not like that. I but mean, see, I, like our, our, our society just doesn't have the discipline. America just doesn't have the discipline. It's not, to, it's not just America. Right. They did that. I mean, that that was that's been a problem in the UK too. It's like they was going outside well, yeah. and, and like that, and it started sparking. It wasn't like an, a a formal event. But you know, people, you know, going outside. But, the you, they, but there are other countries, though, and you know, maybe you could you could talk about maybe how the sizes of the countries, like, or the you know how the the divert, you know, how the the uh, population maybe is a little more, is a little less diverse. I would say, like a a country like uh, Australia, they they got they should. I, I saw basketball games down there. They got full stadiums and shit. It's like they probably, well, New, I mean, New Zealand they probably, countries like that. You know, they, well, I mean, that's they are they, they back to normal, but they also under different leadership, so they probably took a lot more uh, uh, pre, um, yep. cautious measures up front yeah. to help. We heard you know, definitely about leadership. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and then uh, not to mention, America's a very arrogant country. You know what I'm saying? We actually probably got it too good in comparison to a lot of other countries, man, over here, which leads to our arrogance. I mean, just the way everything works, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a, it's supposedly capitalist, you know what I'm saying, society over here, which probably is a little bit more capitalist than anything. But, um, yeah, a lot of people just hard-headed and not going to listen matter rules. Like, our millennials here, a younger generation here is very um, self-entitled and spoiled. So, they like they don't want to, they want out and don't want to do the rules. And then you got the... The hillbillies that's a part of the Republican Party who feel like it's all a, a cover up and all that shit, so they refuse it. And you know, it's just it's too many damn variables, man, to keep this shit going here. And it's probably we deserve it. We probably, you know, what I'm saying America deserve to be fucked up for a minute, man, because they don't listen. I yeah. mean, it, the, pro the problem is it's uneven. I mean, even you know, it's even when it's even down where I'm at, you got people who believe, you know, some people wear masks and adhere to it. You got some people that just raw dog it. So that's like, you know, it's what makes it. I think it's what makes it challenging is that when you have people who are not on the same page in any environment, you know, to that's I think that's the biggest challenge. And to your point about Australia, women leadership for countries in many cases you know seem to be ahead of the curve like you know australia germany a lot of those countries seem to be you know they, they just took pre more preemptive measures with uh covert you know restrictions in the first place and the reason why they cut their rates down uh sooner than the rest of us and in america being 50 separate states it's also kind of a problem so you got some states to your point like you know in illinois where, where the restrictions are in place tighter then you got places like florida and atlanta where they haven't changed the way they've done business in the first same place so that was what makes it challenging to kind of to get rid of it in the first place definitely definitely that's why i say like it it, it seems like sometimes this country is just too big or, or too diverse or something like it's too many people who got too much say in what goes on, and it's like well, that's blame that on social media. <laughs> you know, but yeah, social media has a lot. Trump, to I mean, it. yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, his leadership is Trump. I mean, whatever you want to say, man, like Trump and the president doesn't really influence me. I'm a grown ass man. I think for myself. So I'm not easily influenced. I'm not easily manipulated. I don't really go with the, what the masses say. That's me personally. A lot of people just kind of they just sway with the wind, whatever's popular. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you don't have enough independent yeah. thinkers and independent thinkers tend to get. Uh, chastised and scrutinized by by followers, or you know whatever the right. <clears throat> whatever the status quo is for that year, or whatever you know. Man, it's, it's just whack as fuck. So you know, I mean, like I don't really get affected by who's the president. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah, in business, yeah, you know, what I'm saying if they if they put certain policies in place, but in terms of like from a social perspective, that that definitely doesn't affect me. You know? Yeah, but I think when you look at right now, though, go ahead, Dave. No, I was just gonna say, ironically, the the free the free thought is probably was killing people. I mean, you know, it's not, and and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about like as far as like you know to wear a mask and not wear a mask. You get to to your earlier point about people thinking it's a government cover up and shit about wearing masks, and that's what keeps a lot of uh, you know being able to. the, the being able to lower the rate COVID rates in a lot of areas is for that simple reason. You well, it's also of- it also weakens your immune system too. You can't develop any antibodies if you stand in the house. You're not getting the vitamin D. You know what I'm saying? And by the time you 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 approach something like a fucking pollen in the spring, then you about to explode because your body ain't been used to nothing. You know, it's it's like a catch twenty two, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> I do. I believe in the coronavirus. I do. Um, but I also think it's a it's a it's a bigger agenda than just COVID. I think the, and so I was having this conversation earlier with someone. I just think that the um, and again, this is all personal opinion, man. Like I'm not I've never tried to say I'm an expert or whatever. And I don't even really talk about it because that's following the line of politics. And, you know, religion and politics are sensitive topics. But I mean, since we just for the sake of us on this, com- we having a conversation. I mean, I would just say that, you know, um, I mean, what what better time to <laughs> to uh, to, to, to roll out a, a new type of system, you know what I'm saying, while the whole world is kind of on pause right now and you got enough people thinking about something. So it's like, you know, um, you get a virus that's affected a lot of people and killed a lot of people. But when you really put it in your face every single day, you know, when you really f- and you physically seeing people walking around with masks, something that's that's different, you know, it it can it can lead to some, you know, some PTSD, being in the house, cabin fever. And then, you know, every time you turn on, you report these numbers, you know, um, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, you know, deaths, you know what I'm saying? And then you got 200,000 infected. <clears throat> but when you, when you look at, and you see that all the time, you start to like, damn, that's crazy, man. We should do this. We should listen. But when you really start to scratch your head, like, wait a minute. How many people was cured, though? And how many people didn't die? And when you look at it from a percentage perspective, and it's like less than 5%, you're like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? It's like people that you know and I know, you say, yeah, I got COVID. And in March, you're like, oh, fuck, man. You go, you're going to be okay? It's now like, oh, all right, then I'll see you. Uh, what's time? I'll see you in two weeks, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I mean, it, that's that's that could be the case, but I think definitely back in March and April and all that, I didn't really know nobody who had caught it 
myself. Not, you know, maybe that was testing or whatnot, but over time I have learned of people in my life who who died and you know who either died from it straight up or from complications of having it and you know that's that's what really has kept me like sort of like you know like i say definitely believing in it and also being like you know you being as cautious as i can be i'm not i'm not playing with the shit and and, you know, and and I think really the issue, you know, for me at least, Eli, is I'm not worried about me dying from COVID. I mean, I'm in pretty no. good shape. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't hit. The, I'm not able to hit the gym, but you know, I got stuff at home, and I get a week weekly bike ride, all that good stuff. So I, but I'm worried about putting the people that are important to me at risk, and that's oh, really yeah. what it, that's and that's what, and that's what it comes down to. Is like people who are older, people who are immune compromised. I mean, and if you don't live around them, that's a different convo. But for me, that's been a challenge. And like, I can't even work from my office because it's a whole bunch of young dudes, and they don't believe in wearing a mask. And I'm like, I can't go home and you know end up giving my wife, my in-laws, somebody, some you know, risking it. Even you know because this doesn't always show up as a symptom. You don't have to get physically sick for you to you know for you to have you know, to have it and then even more drink, give it to somebody else. And I think right. for me, that's the thing that that's the insidiousness of the disease is being able to be asymptomatic and still pass it on somebody else. It's not about me just getting sick, you know, and then that's if, and fucking me up. Where's the concern? It's about me passing on somebody else and me not even knowing I have. It. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you definitely got to be, you know, um, cautious, you know, with it, with it. But like I said, man, <laughs> You know, blaming on the COVID fatigue, I guess. Um, but yeah. like I said, it's it's really just. I mean, you still have a level of responsibility. You know, and I run a yeah. business, so I don't really. I'm not even gonna say luxury because who who wants to fucking sit in the house all day? So I, yeah. I still got to be out and about. But again, like I keep my mask on me. I keep mask in the truck. I keep mask in the house. You know, uh, I don't wear my mask in the house. But um, I mean, everywhere I go, I you know I put a mask on. I mean, it's it's now it's become almost second nature, and then it's just out of respect too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna go into no place just because, you know, I don't and and even just half-ass it. So I was joking a little bit about the gym. You know what I'm saying? But in all seriousness, though, no, like I stay masked up. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to offend anybody, and really that's just the responsible thing to do. So on my part. But um, yeah, when people get to coughing, yeah, I do start looking at them sideways now. Like, well, that's like, it's like five coughs too many. Goddamn it! You know what I'm saying? Why are you outside? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much the only thing we could do. Like, you know, I just think really people just um, it's bigger than COVID. It's definitely bigger than COVID, man. I think people should really just be um, taking advantage of. It's almost like. Like everybody kind of hit 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 the reset at the same time, you know what I'm saying? So like, what are you doing to capitalize on this? This, but this see, they, I say this though in regards to people being opportunistic in regards to the way that society is changing. Like, it's so many commercial campaigns and companies that I've seen, like, sort of notice the way that they've adjusted to life as it's been since last spring in regards. And a lot of it has to do with masks and stuff. Like people who advertise certain mask products or masks themselves, and you, 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 just, you just think about who is making money in this in this society right now, and who who's being able to 
like I, I see like a, a product that uh it, it extends it's it's like a little turtle thing you put inside the mask and it, it helps extend the mask. It keeps it you know how masks can can just fit you so tight on your mouth and it makes it hard to breathe, makes it uncomfortable. Like mm. they got a product now where you put you put like a, pl a plastic thing under the mask and it extends the mask out and it, it makes it says it makes it easier for you to breathe in it. So I see some, see some shit like that. And it's like, well, it seemed, it seemed like that's the type of product that, you know, somebody may have thought of ahead of time. Like, like, like somebody had some insider trading information or something. It's like, no, I mean, I think people just been very innovative, man, during this time. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, you know, I'm, no, not no, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sort of joking, like being like, in a, in a, I'm still being facetious in a way where it's like, you know, but it, I, I, I don't think you. I don't think you should play down. You, you def, there's definitely innovation involved, but I don't think you should downplay the ability for some some people out there to be able to foresee things and to be like, okay, this is how we're going to adjust our market, and that this is how we're going to adjust our marketing and our ability to, to like say to to make profits in these harrowing times. That there's people who do that who who, who are they made their bones doing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what business is. Shit. <laughs> I'm sure Eli can speak to it. Weed is up. Fucking Zoom is up. Uh, food is up. Netflix is up. I mean, all of it. I'm pretty, and, you know. E-commerce. It's a lot of transportation, deliveries. I mean, Amazon. You know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people should be taking advantage, man. You know, uh, this is a good time to, to, make, to make a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, I, I can't speak for everybody else. Make the best out of any situation. You can't really travel. We can't really do too much entertainment wise. You can stack your money. You know, a lot of people has gotten into the investments, man. You know, a lot more people really getting into crypto now. A lot of people really getting into the stock market being all of this that just happened last week. You know, they, they don't really understand. Yeah, you got to take some that. Yeah, a lot of people jump on something that they don't understand, but I mean, at least they're not, you know, hey, man, I love it. I, I love it. I just, people just, you know, but it's like, it's like I love it because I see people that's really starting to gravitate and trying to understand more about money. But now you got a lot of people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about trying to give advice and shame people for not doing something. And again, I don't go with the mass. I go against the grain. And first and foremost, I would never take advice from just somebody on my timeline. <clears throat> if I had the time, they call it LLC Twitter. <laughs> yeah, if I had the time, I would scrub fifty percent of the people off my Facebook list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they ain't talking about shit no way. But, but um, <laughs> I really do, man. I just like shake my hand, like y'all sound so stupid. But the thing is, man, I do. But I do like that people are really, you know, getting in involved in it. But I just wish that people would understand it more we we are in a, um we live in a society of instant gratification and people think that if they do something they ought to get rich like that and and if anything you know if people feel like they have figured out the da vinci code and how to beat the stock market and i can assure you that you're not smarter than the sec i promise you you're not that's not <laughs> even smarter than the sec smarter than the hedge funds and, so, and, and somebody had mentioned about that the other night to your point on, uh, I was watching PBS. That's always on in my house, and they were just talking about like if you think they like hedge funds make their money off of trading. So if you think they took an L, 
just because game stocks, you know, stock shot up, they you're wrong. They you know, they were they were able to capitalize on it as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's some it's some people. It is some smart do-it-yourself investors. That was in the part of that Reddit group, man. I watched the, one of them uh, YouTube videos, man. They some pretty it's some pretty intelligent people, man. Um, that's that's not licensed. I'm not ever taking that away from. Them. I mean, I don't know that much about. You know, I know I know a nice probably a little bit more than the average, but um, you know, again, you I'm not about to jump on to any. Thing like that because you know when they try to put a squeeze on certain stocks, you know, try to get um, and trying to run up the price and then cash out, man, that's 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 like illegal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I'm not about to get involved. And there's so many other ways to really get it, and and people end up losing a lot of money trying to beat the system. You know, so. Um, even what, with, what would your advice be for some, you know, being an advisor? Like, if people wanted to, like, if people see this stuff that's going on now and it piques their interest, and it's like, well, maybe I, maybe I should get involved with the investment game a little bit as a, as a, as a regular person. Like, is there any type of advice that you would, you know, right away give them? Or just any type of go to? advice that you would give to a person like thinking like that well first off i'm not i'm not an investment advisor i'm not securities licensed i just understand it but um but what i would do is i would tell people first to do their due diligence you know what i'm saying um i would always tell people just to diversify i can tell you that um and i put up a post on this last week that um it's always good to diversify your funds so you know, let's say if you got your 401k and you have your stocks and you have some mutual funds and, you know, you might have you have some children, you know, you might have a Roth or um, whatever. But it, the common the commonality in those products is that they all um, they all tend off the uh, stock market. So the stock market, you know, um, being a correlated asset, if most of your portfolio is tied up into the stock market, when the stock market goes this way, so does your portfolio. When the stock market goes this way, so does your portfolio. We've been on a bull run, man, for a while. For a while. We do for a correction. So, with, you know, when a correction, that's when it goes into a bear market. It starts to decrease. It's going to happen. That's what happened with Bitcoin. Got all the way up to like 40-some thousand. And then, like the next day, plummeted. You know what I'm saying? Um, same thing with dog coin. You know what I mean? It's like you ride that wave. It's not. It's not going to be that hot. And the thing is, by the so by the time most people catch on, you know, they buying. They buying. They're not buying in the dip. They buying wise up, which totally defeats the purpose of getting involved. It's really, and you cannot time the market. You can't time the market at all. It's kind of like a little bit of luck, but it's almost. It's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of just being in the know and, and being in tune with what the markets is doing. You have to really understand these companies. This is not something like you can't just roll the dice on. You know what I'm saying? And it just depends on what type of investor. So what I would tell people, man, is diversify more than anything. You know, you can diversify a few different things. I mean, the stock market is good. The younger you are, the better, because, you know, if you do take an L, you got enough time in life to catch to make it back up. You know, so it's, a, it's a term we use in the, in, the, in the industry called sequence of returns where um the later on in life that you wait 
to start investing versus if you wouldn't do that and you was like 25 years old and you wait till like 35 40 you know what i'm saying that's 10 to 15 years of interest that you would never get back that you've lost you know what i'm saying so that can be that could be that can be like 20 30 40 thousand dollars or more you know what i'm saying because it's called compound interest it it compounds each year more and more and more so you just missed out on man so much money but better late than never right so sure. you know that's why it's, it's important to, you know to if and it starts in the household man to teach financial literacy a lot of black people especially man we kind of kind of disregard that because yeah. we feel like we're not qualified to have that conversation or we shouldn't have that conversation at the table you know what i'm saying they keep us dumbed down but it's a little bit on ourselves so just to get to your original question man i will just say just to diversify you got to have a foundation you know it's foundation to every to any financial plan is again life insurance you know what i'm saying you know it makes no sense for you to build all this money and then you get into a car accident on the way home and your wife got to go into your pension funds and got to go into like your your investments taking all of them penalties because it's before you 60 or 59 and a half excuse me and now the money that y'all was meant to retire on is being used to try to make up for the loss of that breadwinner when yeah. if you had a simple life insurance policy you know it could replace that person's income and some you know what i'm saying and you have a lot more options so i say that's the foundation from once you get that established then you know if you if you know if you um if you got up, up you on a home you know maybe try to start paying that off or get you a house get yourself established then you want to start kind of getting your investments in order you know what i'm saying that, and that's that's sort of why i asked that question like you know as especially as black folks like it's so many of our i think i think we probably can all cite people that we know in our life and our family who you know got to a certain point in life and really just ended up with little to nothing to show for it because mm -hmm. you know lack of investments lack of you know being able to put anything aside lack of you know coverage for themselves and their families like yeah, it's, it's I mean, like our, our our wealth in general is is such a wealth disparity still in this country like you know between but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be yeah. i mean it's so much information out there you know what i'm saying i mean you if we we spend we spend our time researching dumb shit to, you know to try to get ammunition ammunition on the celebrity you know and oh did you know that he cheated on his wife five years ago with another woman and had a baby like how the fuck you found all that shit out yeah. but at the same time you ain't got your house in order you know what i'm saying so the information is out there people did spend so much time digging up dirt on people just to cancel them and they shit is not in order and that's like i'm saying it's like it's a waste of time it's almost like it's a mental disorder you know what i'm saying so um i really think that you know, i hold people accountable man i don't play that whole well you know we gotta we had this excuses now fuck that the glasses have full in my eyes at all times you know what i'm saying I, you damn right we do have disparities but so what nigga? i grew up in a motherfucking trailer with six people with them i can't that whole saying these motherfuckers saying that i that get on my nerve got it out the mud literally that's where i got it from you know what i'm saying like yeah i didn't know nothing about college i'm the first person in my family to graduate college you know like that stuff was not really taught continuing education i don't even you know as i just got in front of and changed my and changed my um my circle and the people i was around i actually listened <laughs> and i wanted more out of life 
you know, I had no handouts, no alley-oops, no boots, none of that. You know what I'm saying? So the, and, that, and now the information is, is more prevalent That's than ever. True. Fine. And then can't tell you how many people, you know, oh, yeah, you know, people approach you like I'm an advisor or I'm doing a webinar here or I'm doing a networking event and invite them and they don't come or they don't follow up. And it's like, yeah, at what point is it your fucking fault? You know what I'm saying? At what point do you hold yourself accountable? So I don't want to keep, you know what I'm saying? I want people get to talking that shit like, but, 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 you the main <laughs> motherfucker. You the main motherfucker who like, oh, okay, yeah, we gonna talk. We gonna talk. Get your ass out of here. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Eli, Eli, Eli brought a lot of this up on his show a couple weeks ago when, the, um, when they were talking about financial literacy. I forgot what was that, like three weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you were you were, who was your? I forgot your man's name. The guy Andre Senegal. Andre Senegal. Yeah, yeah, he was dropping some knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, saw, I saw that description on on Facebook. Are y'all y'all primarily doing the show through Facebook? For now, for now. I mean, yeah. you know, we got a heavy platform, but we are looking to. I mean, we stream. We uh we have our episodes streamed on iTunes and Spotify now, but oh okay, we, we actually don't. We are just gonna choose a different landing platform eventually, you know, and get it off of Facebook. That's not ideal. You know what I'm saying Facebook is like a fucking Walmart. It got too much other shit. It's so saturated. It is. You know, we probably yeah. end up taking it to YouTube because once you get some traction on YouTube, man, yeah, you actually you doing something. What What do you think about the whole? Because this is something that me and Dave sort of got into going months back like uh, uh in particular like when joe budden was breaking off with uh sit but uh spotify and uh, everything and like charlemagne was him and charlemagne were going back and forth in public about you know the ways that black creatives can make money nowadays and you know do you want to be an owner or do you want to be a, a well-paid uh employee and you know I was wondering if you had any thoughts in, in that regard, in regards to the ways that creatives, in, in particular black creatives, you know, the issues that we have to face nowadays in regards to maintaining our platforms and, you know, building on on those on the things that we want to create online and be able to maintain those things without being ex exploited for the most part. Yeah, I mean everybody's situation is different though man i mean i obviously have a different take on it because i'm passionate about entrepreneurship because i am an entrepreneur um sure. but i think the the goal i would think is to freedom <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you get if you get paid well enough then and if you're smart with your money you can start planning something it's almost like you building like a nest you know what i'm saying outside of your job you know, um, I like Gary Vaynerchuk, man. He said, like, work your nine to five, you know, work for somebody else from nine to five and then work for yourself, build work for your dream from like seven to two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Mm. A lot of people just come home like, well, that's it. Um, come home. I'm about to chill, watch some TV, eat, play video games and watch the game and go to bed and do it again and then on the weekends i'm not working for myself i'm trying to go go to applebee's go out to drink you know maybe go to church on sunday and monday do it again and they do this same cycle bro for years like what the fuck that's a terrible that's like a, that's like a truman show rat race to me like i can't i can't even be with no chick doing things like that 
Like, you ain't about to throw me in that motherfucker. Hell, I ain't about to do that shit. Fuck you talking about? No. I feel like I'm in prison. You know what I'm saying? Like the same old, same old. We, we take trips two or three times a year. and You know what I'm saying? No. So I think, just to your original point, um, yeah, I think like even with Nick Cannon, man, like how they did that man. You know what I'm saying? That man that made that, you know, that, that network millions and millions of dollars with Wild and Out. And as soon as he spoke his truth, they shut his ass up and threatened him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if anything, I'm like, man, fuck y'all. I'm rich as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I start my own shit, you know, and speak my truth there. You can't take my money. I already got it. You know what I'm saying? What you gonna do? It's already it's already invested. I got I got an offshore's account here. I'm sure he does. But I got I got money here. I got some real estate here. I own three blocks in three different cities. You know what I'm saying? My money is residual. It's coming. I never be broke. So yeah, like what's 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 more important? Me speaking the truth and and enlightening my people, or getting this bag from y'all under y'all terms, under y'all agreements. I got to do this and say that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not knocking nobody for get, how they get their money. But I, that's just my personal perspective. Yeah, I think it depends on really where you're at in your career too. I mean, because like you mentioned. Uh, Nick Cannon. I mean, Nick Cannon is two, you know, two decades deep in his career. So mm-hmm. I think it really depends on where you're at. So if you start in your career and you finally get, and you get an opportunity to get the bag, then use that for a certain time. You know, use it to the time where you can become independent of that person uh, or that company. I mean, yeah. so I, I think that's really something that you kind of have to add in there. So it really depends on where oh, you're you at. Gotta, well, you have to be diplomatic. But when you get as big as he is, at some point. I mean, look what Dave Chappelle did. He walked away from Comedy Central. At, he walked away for fifty million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Not that don't nobody own Dave Chappelle's rights. He owned all his shit. You know what I mean? Look what they did. Look at they did Michael Jackson. Look at they did um, Prince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, Chris. Look at how much. Look how much grief they give it's, you. It's, it's hardships involved. Though. You talk yeah. about those three stories in particular. It's hardships that's involved. Yeah, look, I mean, when you when they give you a lot of shit when you want to buy back your your music, your your uh, your catalog. I mean, Chris Brown was able to do it. I mean, kudos to that brother. I mean, for him to do it so young. I mean, he's probably in his mid to late thirties now, but man, he owned the rights to his music. So that's a yeah. beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, you know. So that's to be a necessity in music. Like you, like why would you even go? Like at a certain point, you should have all. Have that ownership of your masters, either, or else you're just like an indentured servant. Well, I mean, you got to start off somewhere, man. Unless you start off independent, you just get it takes yeah. a long, it just takes a long way to get traction, man. But I do respect a lot of independent artists. Some of my favorite artists is independent, man. I, Currency, one of my favorite artists, bro. Independence since day one. Yeah, got a cult following. You know, so I fuck with Currency. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a good model for that. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Um, you, but yeah. You, no, I, I think say, he put out like one. I think he put out like one album on Warner Brothers, but yeah, the rest of them have been independent. Mm-hmm. Wasn't say this is kind of slight. Uh, I guess segue off the subject, but Charles Blow, formerly of the New York Times, had a real good, uh, I guess, post out of his new book, The Devil You Know, that kind of talks to this, and he says like too many of the black elite get drafted in a white adjacent privilege, sucked into personal prosperity and personal comfort blinded by the society of high uh, glamour high society and they become the new house negroes placated passive 
Um, he said, the more silent and successful you are, the more tightly moneyed establishment embraces you, and they cleave you from the plight of your people and be nice to you as an honorary member of theirs. It's easy to get lost in it, seduced by it, and convinced of it. And you know, I, I don't think any, I think that speaks, you know, volumes to guy, you know, I guess that struggle of being, you know, at a certain level, but still being, you know, I guess beholden to someone higher up than yourself. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I look at that. I look at that from two two different sides, man. I mean, it's easy to say that when when you ain't in that position, you know what I'm saying? When you come from nothing and somebody's like, Yo, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to make this amount of money. I mean, now especially with athletes, shit. If I can, yeah, and it could happen. It's just really who who you are, who you're surrounding yourself with, man. You know, you gotta stay grounded. You know, like um, you you do gotta stay grounded, man. It's important to never forget your roots. But once you get to a certain level, you sometimes you gotta separate to elevate. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. <clears throat> but and it is easy to lose yourself. But um, I don't give a fuck how much money you get. Honorary remember my ass, nigga. At some point, they're gonna show you still a nigga. Well, it depends on how much you I think I think the the, the caveat to that, it depends on how integrated you are in that lifestyle. What's the man named Virgil? I don't know the, the Louis Vuitton fame and everything. Yeah, you know, I don't Virgil know if you've, seen the of, if you've seen the picture of his family, he's fully integrated into the culture. It's, I think, you know, he'd probably have to, I mean, that, I know that's kind of a far reaching example, but I just think with that caveat, it depends on how integrated you are into that culture before you can kind of be detached from it. So, I mean, I think that's something, you know. I, so I just want to know where he was. Huh? I, I just want to know what he was smoking when he came with that Skyline <laughs> jacket. But no, that got the Chicago I, Skyline. Now, who, who are we talking yeah. about now? Virgil. Uh, Virgil Abloh. Abloh, yeah. Mm. No, nah, I mean, at this, <laughs> man, you know, get your money, man. Get your money. And you don't really own no, and you don't owe anybody anything either, though. I mean, it's gonna be so many people like, yeah, brother, you should be doing this, and you, man, you should motherfucking have worked your ass off like me. How about that? You know, what I'm <laughs> you know yeah. but my thing is like, man, look, as an independent individual, at the end of the day, I am an individual. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah, I have a bigger platform, you know, but I don't have to do shit. No. At the at the end, I don't. And and the thing is, it's like me. I, I mean, yeah, I would like to look at some people like, man, it would be nice if they did, but I'm not holding no, no stamp, no candle to anybody because, you know, I'm not waiting on nobody to save me either. No. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, some people will, some people won't. No. That's not, yeah. No, I think, I think, but also, I think also that we kind of have to, sure. to factor into things that capitalism, as much as, you know, capitalism is not a meritocracy. And I think that's also one of the false falsehoods of America is that that if we are i mean every there are plenty of people i mean there there are plenty we can use a gym analogy and you know where it may be easier for you to put on muscle than me mm-hmm. i mean like we we both we both bust our ass the same we both do the same amount of reps in the gym but you put on muscle a lot easier than i do i think that's the best way to kind of explain it like capitalism is not a meritocracy i mean but, uh, but if we but if we're talking about in the sense of gaining you know financial um some financial wealth or gain some generational wealth. I mean, there's more than one way to do it than just entertainment well, it, sports. It is. And there's, and there's more than one way to build a platform too. You could just one way maybe get you there quicker, 
you know, but there's still other ways to do it. And you can still impact your, your community, you know, a different ways, man. It's people that's probably got more. Uh, it's a lot of people that got a lot of respect in their community than some famous people do. They do get detached. Well, yeah. But 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 what I mean is that it does, whatever industry you're in, yeah, it's more ways to, than one to get to money. But what I mean is that even in those respective industries, as I said, the 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 escalator is not at the same speed for everybody. And I think that's something that we don't. And I mean, especially coming. And I think that I think that creates like a false to a certain extent, depending on what industry you're in, and create a false narrative. And what it does because it says that everybody works the same. Because I see it in real estate. Like I see, like I talk to people, you know, and you wonder, like, how do they get that deal? How do they get that client? And motherfuckers can barely talk. So, hold on, hold on one second, Dave. My uh, yeah. laptop about to die. Give me one second. Of course. Okay. Yeah, Eli had a step away. Okay. Yeah, I had a little, I had an issue with my connection there for a second. But yeah, <laughs> where did y'all go to? Because I, I, like I said, I dropped out for a second. No, I just said that. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's multiple ways to get get the bag, of course. But like I said, even sure. in those respective respective pursuits, it's not it, there. It's not equal. Yeah, someone's success. Everyone's success is not. It's not, you know, it's not the the, re, the return on the effort is for different people is not going to be equal. Is the point that I was making? Sure, sure. sure. And I was using real and I was using the real estate industry just as kind of a, a key example. Like right. you got people like like I said at home, I use the perfect example. At home, the the number the, the guys who sell the most commercial real estate are not for, are, are not from the area. I mean, and that's not to say that other people, you know, they're not while they work hard, I'm pretty sure that other people that work hard too. Uh, I know that work as hard as them, and there are people that probably work harder than them. But are the returns the same? The answer is no. So that's just to say is that you know capitalism or whatever, getting money or whatever respective pursuit. I mean, it's, the outcome is not always equal. So saying so back to your main point of saying you don't owe me shit, the the you don't not necessarily owing someone or feeling like you have a responsibility once you get to a certain level of success. I, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of, I, to a certain extent, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't necessarily owe you a, a direct hand, but, do you know, do I, as far as, like, giving you money. But if I can open, well, my goal is, is to, you know, I personally open the door for somebody else. Yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah, like, so, so what? So sort what of reaching, reaching back and pulling. Yeah. So, so what are you saying, though? So what I'm saying is this. So, Eli, if you start being the king of, you know, infused gummies and shit, and if I tell you in a year, you know, like, fuck it, I want to get in the game, I want to be like you, you know, and you say, you you know, there's two different, I'll use a perfect example. There's, you know, there's people who will say, hey, you know what, this is what I did. I mean, I can give you, the, I can give you the formula, you're going to still have to bust ass. But here, but here is the formula. And there's other people that are going to say, you know what? If you want to learn, you can either come work for me. Otherwise, I'm not going to tell you shit. I mean, or there's there's the third one of it is saying, well, you know what? You got to figure it out yourself. Or they speak in vague generalities as far as how they got to where they are at. Mm -hmm. So, are, are you kind of are you following where I'm going? So, I'm following you, but what I'm asking you is like, so, 
Okay, so and if let's just say the third one is that so what do you do if somebody just dismisses you? I mean if someone I mean but someone if someone dismisses you, I mean that then you have to go and try to find someone else who's been successful in that lane and hopefully they'll share that now share that share that information with you. And I you mean, will I, find it and somebody will. That's the, the thing that the problem I have is I'm like when one door closes, another door opens. Also with the whole saying some will, some won't, so what? Like, man, that's what me and I guess that's just my what? mentality, man. I'm such a bulldog when when people try to dismiss me. It's almost like a complex. It's almost like I right, bet you have. I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm fucking build a better what? platform and I'm gonna come shit on you. That's my and that's and that might, yeah that and that's a lot of like how you know my ambition and fire comes from because I mean even starting off in stand up even starting off in insurance starting off as an entrepreneur period you're gonna get told no a lot and a lot of people are gonna dismiss your ideas from friends to family to whoever you know what I'm saying and when you finally get to a certain level. At that point, you don't even care. You ain't you forgot all about the people that told you no, because right now you get so many yeses and people coming to you at this point, which right. you never forget. But a part of that passion is what helped you get you there. Some but, people just are, you know, um, are just you know, uh, are just resilient. Some people just got that, you know, saying that fortitude, that mental fortitude well, to keep pushing forward. There, there's there's definitely a need for for intensity. And, you know, in any, you know, to be successful in, you know, highly competitive business. I, I agree with that. The whole point, the point, I agree with that wholeheartedly. The point is, if I'm not going to be the person who kind of, I'm, I'm not personally not going to be the person who said, be the gatekeeper to say, you know what, you're not intensive enough. You didn't tell me telling you, no, go fuck yourself. Um, you know, so, and, and come back and ask for more. Like, I'll, I'll share a story with you. I, I, I cold call this part of what I do. If I don't make my cold calls, I don't make 500 a week. I got to give to the FOP. So I cold called this dude um, a few weeks ago. You know, I was calling him about, I wouldn't even call him about buying and selling. I was calling him about something else. He's like, I'm looking for this. Click. And then, you know, I found what called him back a couple weeks later and said, you know what? I got something that made me a good fit. And we had a good conversation. But the point is, is that everyone else, some, someone else may not take that same route. They may say, well, you know what, this person hung up on me or these or this many people hung up on me or told me, no, this is not the thing for me. I think that what tends, but what that does, unfortunately, and I don't know about your industry, but definitely my industry, it keeps a lot of us out of it, not being able to have that Who mind. What is that? Oh, come yeah, on, man. I, come on, bro. I'm all about accountability, my nigga. Who fault is that? If you quit because you get told no to of two months in a row and you quit, who the fuck fault is that? Well, you got to, but I think part of it is also, you got to know, which I think part of it is that people don't always know what they're getting themselves into or know what's on the other side of those no's. I mean, and, and there's no, and, and they don't have it and they don't have a, they don't have a successful model for it. Like I, like beyond, I mean, and Bro, I think that, again, yeah. I, I, well, let, let me, let me jump in right quick. Don't, would you, would you say Eli, what about, uh, you know, I, I know you, you're speaking a little bit about the, the worth of the individual and the, the the resilience and the will that's involved with the individual, but if there if there are more collective organizations or you know platforms or industries or whatever, not industries but institutions, I would say that could allow people to, to that could be in a position to bring people in to certain industries and certain 
ways of making money and stuff and or making a living and that could educate and you know just just be allowed to absorb people who may not have the the immediate gifts to make their way you know maybe that makes a difference it it, it does that's the i think that's the point i was trying to make is that i don't yeah. know what it is for your industry but for like commercial real estate there are initiatives for that but the point is is like for a long time commercial real estate was like the best kept secret you like to what my point earlier is the two top commercial real estate brokers on the south side of chicago's 232 year old white guys and they depart their partners at their commercial real estate firm and sold more real estate than any probably anybody has on the south side point i'm trying to make to you is that they don't necessarily they didn't necessarily work harder than anybody else but they had more of a concerted effort and the, what i'm saying is that they that even the firm they work at hasn't been something where they've been, you know, good at adding, you know, people from the black people to their to the, to the to their firm and to to that and to that community. And that's that, and that's really indicative of commercial real estate in general. What so that being said is that if someone knows what they're getting themselves to, or if they're groomed for earlier on, they're more likely to be successful and into it instead of just pushed into the damn pool. It's better to be. It's better to teach somebody how to swim before pushing ass in the pool. Say you either swim or you're gonna, you know, figure out how to swim or you're gonna drown. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's that there are people who will figure out how through pure instinct and drive alone who gonna figure out how to swim and you know and not drown. Uh, what I'm trying to figure out is what is the issue. Like if, if we was just to say, here's the issue. In, in relation to what, what we the issue, what the, what the issue is that what the, what original the, the original question is, you know, making the, the I guess making the the route for the person that comes behind you once you've achieved success in whatever your respective you know profession is, making that that road a little bit easier for and you. And you're speaking specifically with distressed communities, distressed. You know, areas of society. Are we, are, we speaking, are we speaking in regards to communities or individuals? We talk, we're speak, I'm speaking about black people. I'm not about to speak. Let's not walk, beat around the bush. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. So, yeah, um, I'm going to address that. I, I'm going to have to wrap this up in like 10 more minutes, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's good. That's good. We should be wrapping up anyway. Here's my thing, man. You know, I can't speak for everybody else. With me, there's enough money to go around, and I'm not threatened by nobody. So, me personally, you know, I just want to make this known that I help anybody. You know what I'm saying? I show anybody the game, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't get my blessings from men. I get my blessings from God. You know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like, you know, if I tell you this and you do this, whatnot, that I'm going to end up, you know, you're going to take something out, take some food out of my mouth. I don't feel like that because I'm confident in my own skill set. Right. Want to be clear about that. <clears throat> we talked about this earlier. There's a wealth of knowledge out there to get. Granted, some people may not know how to get it. Maybe some people have struggled a little bit more. They have a, a higher learning curve than others. Some people might not grasp concepts that, that easily, right? But the common theme here is choice. To come into, you you made the analogy of being pushed in the pool, sink or swim, you know what I'm saying? The beautiful thing, <laughs> no one pushes nobody into a career you choose to go into a career you know what i'm saying hold on let me finish my point you choose to go into a career right now at some point if you talk to let's just say i'm young out of college 
young 23-year-old, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed dude. I want to learn about real estate. Bro, I highly doubt, I highly, highly doubt that if I go speak to 15 successful black commercial realtors, that all of them are going to turn me away. I highly doubt that. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing about successful people is that they like, I see that, I see him, I, I see, I see a, a me and that young dude right there. That's how I was. They're going to take him on as a protege. Somebody will. You know what I'm saying? Somebody will. We can't talk about what white folks, bro. You know what I'm saying? They get different opportunities than we do. My thing is this, like, yeah, that the whole, the, the, look, it is what the fuck it is, man. We are, this is, this is the circumstances that we were given. And this is the hand that was dealt. Make the most of it. You know what I'm saying? If you reach out enough, somebody will fuck with you. If you don't quit, you'll keep, you'll get it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times people give up too easily or people feel entitled to something. You know what I'm saying? The, and, and that's the problem I have. It's like when I hear people like making excuses and pouting and shit, well, you know, that person don't do this and da 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 And LeBron, man, let's, let's take LeBron James, prime example. Yeah. The man, the man, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he don't owe nobody shit, my nigga. Look where he came from. Look where yeah. he came from. Okay. Off the court, he done some amazing shit. Yeah. And it still ain't enough. It still ain't enough. What the fuck he supposed to do? Man, he got a whole ass family. You know what I'm saying? So what? Okay, he got a, he, he can feed his family for the next two generations. The man rich as shit. So what? You know what I'm saying? Is LeBron James my Lord and Savior? No, he's not. He is not the answer. But I'm saying, yeah. But I think what he's doing is a good job. I think as a as a um, as a philanthropist off the court, as an example on and off the court, I think he does an amazing job. But he don't owe you shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody owe us nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's just my perspective. Again, I can't speak for nobody else, bro. But I'm not looking for nobody. You know what I'm saying? I, I look for. Again, somebody will, and and so and people have. I have mentors that I, but it's also people who shun me too. And guess what? Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Fuck them because regardless, I'm still gonna get it. I'm still gonna be successful. And so and know how the saying goes: people when uh, when you're going up the ladder, the same people shit on you gonna see them coming down. You know what I'm saying? And it's up to you if you want to help them out now. You know what I'm saying because you'll end up saying, "All right, cool. You ain't want to buy. You ain't want to sell me this car. Bet." I come back two two years later. I bat a whole lot, and I fire y'all whole staff and replace them with my people. That's shitting on people. They say success is the best revenge, my brother. You know what I'm saying? And whatever fires you up, you gotta go for it. When people shun me and dismiss me, my nigga, I got a complex. That shit puts like I bet, saying that does something to me. So again, I'm not depending on nobody for nothing. No, no, hey, no, bro. No, I, I mean that's. Look, look, you, you, you say, you, you're saying what I feel internally, but I think that I think there's a difference between having something internally like as you like as we were talking earlier about you being Dave's Luther. And I don't have I don't necessarily, you know, a lot of the things where I may feel internally, I don't necessarily articulate them or I try to articulate things at least on the more the loftier aspect of it. No, I understand that, you know ultimately it's up to you your success is you know your success or failure ultimately depends upon you as one of my favorite books says knowing is not doing 
So, you know, you can know. So, you know, we were talking about having access to knowledge. Yeah, you can, you know, having access to it, having access to knowledge is the first part. The execution is the second part. Is the second part of it. Without the execution, you have any, you have nothing. And I think that, you know, that being said, to your point, you know, using the example, if you got 15 people in the room, unfortunately, Aaron, unless you, you know, especially with COVID, you ain't in the damn room with 15 people anymore that, you know, networking with anyone, not at this point. So it can even try to network in the time of COVID or finding that mentor in the time of COVID can be a little bit more trickier, especially if people are telling you no on a one-off. Yeah. But, and I think it's a different, and I think that even well, now. So here's, so here's something. How do you know how to get around that? Hey, how do I network? How do I network with, how do I make a, how do I formulate and conduct an email so I can get these people's attention? What kind of content can I put out there to make myself seem a little bit more of a subject matter expert so I can draw more people to start paying attention to me? You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, such and such, can you introduce me to this person? You know what I'm saying? After, I promise you, bro, I promise you, man, persistence pays off. It does. You just have to, and, and sometimes it's like, all right, that goes back to, that goes back to the foundational roots. You know what I'm saying? What do you have to do? There's there are steps to this. I can't I can't go into, you know, I'm a first year commercial real estate and I don't really know your industry that well in real estate, but maybe like some type of um like a high award that you can get. And I can't go into this ballroom trying to network with all these millionaires. And I just started two weeks ago knowing the turnover rate in that industry is extremely high. They're not going to take me serious. They not gonna take me serious. Like, what are you doing? What do you have? Do you have this? Do you have this? And, and me, and me as, a, as somebody who's very vigilant about my time and how and who I give it to. If somebody's and I have a lot of people all the time, hey man, I want to get to the cannabis industry. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even and I'm and I know a little bit, but I'm not even the top dog by far. I'm not yet. But when I somebody start talking to me, I'm gonna ask them a couple of questions, surface level questions. If they can't even answer to that to me, I'm like, I'm not gonna take them serious. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I think. You know, I think people, a lot of people just be talking, bro. Well, I think Dave, the point yeah, they will wrap up at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. But what I th I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that what we the reason why it's important to give the reason why it's important to give back is this. If I knew this shit, I mean, if I knew now what I knew 15 years ago, you know, God knows where I would be. And I think that's something that in context, it's one thing when you're dealing with somebody maybe on the same age level. But if I'm looking at someone who comes to me at 25 and I've had this plenty of times in the last year where somebody coming to me, you know, 15 years younger, you know, 10, 15 years younger and they're asking for guidance. You know, I wish somebody would have been able to, I wish I would have been able to have that same looking glass to be able to say, you know what, this is what I should do. And I think that's, and I think that's the point that I'm trying to say. So I can always, so you can always, and both I, as well as I can, which I've, everything you've said, I've pretty much done to kind of get to that point of mentors and all that good stuff. But that's not something, that, that's not skill sets that I acquired until later. So if I have someone coming to me 15, you know, 15 years, 10, 15 years, my junior, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to tell them because I don't want them to struggle like I did. I mean, oh, that's I'm not saying, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't, I, but I think, I think it's almost like, the, the points that you make in the uh they kind of they changed a little bit because it's more so like they should be helping and I'm saying they should be helping too you know what I mean but I but I guess what I'm what I'm trying to look uh to look at is is it like this it's like look here man you know that young eager person you know if you really want to do this if you if you have your ass set on this shit man can't nobody tell you no 
Because again, I go back to this man. I don't get I do not get my blessings from man. I get my blessings from God. You know what I'm saying? And God works through people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not looking to this one person that doesn't even know who I am, you know what I'm saying, to put me on or to give me a shot or to give me an opportunity. Because although that person might be top dog, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole bunch of other people who know how to get the job done. And I can, and once I make it my own idea and proprietize it, then I could be bigger than that top dog. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that top dog, man, you know how many top dogs or people in their in they profession that's at the top of their league probably get approached by people just wasting their fucking time, man. You know what I'm saying? Constantly, probably, yeah. Yeah, CEOs, yeah. people like like star athletes, celebrities, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I can rap, you know what I'm saying? Woo, 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 woo. And don't even do half the work. You know what I'm saying? People come to like writers and ain't got no press kit ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, what have you been doing to get ready? Let me yeah. see what you got. What's the saying goes? If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. A lot of people be coming up to these people just to, just like, man, I'm going to see if they can get their attention. Hey, 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 what's up? Oh shit! I didn't think you was gonna talk to me. All right, what, what's up? Now you got my attention. What's up? Uh, you, yeah, you know, I, I'm just trying to learn about da 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 da. Okay, what you got? I mean, you know, I'm trying to work on. Me get the fuck on, man. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, the yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, like have your shit together. If that, because that lets me know that you're not serious. You, what you want? Some clout? What you want to take a picture and post on Instagram for likes? You know what I'm saying? Are you serious? Or are you wasting my time? Because time is money, bro, and I'm busy. Because yeah. if I see you come prepared and I'm like, oh, so what you got? Well, here's my business plan. I've been da 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 da. I've done research on this. I've also done research on you. You know what I'm saying? You've done this, da 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 da. Man, I was impressed how you did that because what I'm doing is blah, blah, blah. All right, cool, man. Here, take my car, call me on Monday. And I will take his call. Right. And and that's the type of person I would take as a protege because he's serious. You know what I'm saying? Because because again, you reach one, you teach one, you pay it forward. You know what I'm saying if I've been blessed to have a, to have all of this and I see somebody who's eager, especially, especially a young black man, bro. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna reach out. And I'm gonna teach him how to pay it forward too when he gets to my position. And and that's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not about to sit up here and like, man, you know, such and such, you give it, you should be giving back to the hood. Da, 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 man, fuck all that, man. I have man, that's the same old, same old shit black people be saying, bro. I swear to God, man, that shit sound weak as fuck. Well, what the fuck are you doing to better your situation? Other than sitting on motherfucking social media, gossiping, talking shit about this person and what they should have done. Man, you in the comment section, man. The comment section is the cesspool, bro. That's what it is. It's the cesspool of a bunch of people with excuses. That's what the comment section is. That's all it is, man. If you own your shit and you grinding, you ain't got time to be sudden that bullshit, bro. You ain't got time for it. You so busy getting it. Man, I can't wait. So I know fucking people being. Uh, I do some 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 grandiose shit, and people under in the comment section hating on me. I made it. I fucking made it. I made it. That's what's up, man. I think I got your point, sir. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a whole other conversation that could be had in regards to, like you say, clout and and using attention as a commodity. And it, you know, as a, as opposed to real work and real, uh, you know, real u- utilizing real knowledge, information, you know, studying, really studying crafts and studying industry, you know, a lot of people really do think that they could get over and get 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 ahead just by getting people's attention. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
That's yeah. that's I, I definitely agree with that. That's not a way to that I would want to even gain anything myself. And and I but but like, some people do it though, and I think others look at that and they they see a way to get over without doing much work. And and that's something that a lot of people uh you know are it's are still interested in getting over without doing much work. Insta gratification, man. It's, yeah. it's 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 just a it's yeah ain't no shortcuts to success, bro. That's why when I talk about that whole a uh, AMC dog coin GameStop shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, people just want instant gratification. People want to jump on the next hot thing, fucking susu loans, blessing loans, all that bullshit, bro. All that shit is bullshit. There ain't no shortcut to this shit. It's hard fucking work, and it's been and and, and it's and it's been proven year after year. Decade after decade, century after century, man, you cannot cheat the fucking game. And people want to cheat the game because they're lazy as shit. All the fucking information is out there to get. There's a whole bunch of people that's knowledgeable that are willing to help you. They hold these free seminars, free networking events, and people don't take advantage of them, man. That's they fucking fault. That's they fault. This this it's been an illuminated conversation, fellas. I I'm I'm kind of tripping over how we started. With a roast session between Eli and, and Dave Helen, we was, sort of ended with this. We just yeah. well rounded, man. It, it, went, it went, it went, it went in reverse. Sorry, yeah. but no, I mean that's 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 the whole thing with Jays and Grays, man. We can we have intellectual conversations, and then we have we talk a lot of shit, and we get goofy, and we drink. But you no, know I'm saying, you know, the whole the whole symbolism of Jays and Grays is, you know, we uh we middle age now. You know, I I'm late late thirties. You know what I'm saying, but still got a little swagger to ourselves. Still rocking Jays. Still like to yeah. still like the whole intellectual conversation. Still like to listen to ratchet music. You know what I'm saying. Both you know uh, up and coming successors and you know successful in our own right. But um, but yeah, man, we we can we can talk on on a, on an array of different things, man. You know what I'm saying, and you know the conversations are usually organic and they free flow. So yeah, well definitely check out Jays and Grays, man. If if you like what you saw here today. And I think if you just like Eli or Dave in general, definitely check out this show. Uh, they, they they definitely give you what you want entertainment-wise and give you plenty information-wise too, you know, intellectually. And you know, we try to do the same. Want. We try to do the same here, except I do all the drinking and you know, Dave don't drink. So uh, you know, <laughs> we, we try to do the same here on, on in the building, but, uh, it's been a great time, man. I really appreciate you coming through, Eli. Man, we got to do it again yes, sometime sir. soon, man, down the line, man. And, you know, uh, good luck to you, man, and all your endeavors, man. Whatever you do, we definitely here to support you. And, uh, you know, like I said, we appreciate you making your time for us, bro. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. All right. All right we'll man. be good night. Be smooth. We'll wrap it up for this week, man. Yeah. Uh, Eli, keep following Eli. If you got any. You want uh, anything you want to plug or any, or your you know your uh, social yeah 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 they can follow my follow my page man and need help bro uh, my, I just started my <laughs> yeah follow the IG days yeah. ago man so I had to start <laughs> off the scratch so Eli Hamilton on uh with two ends at the end because somebody got my original name it's probably me they just did yeah. but anyway uh on Instagram uh follow Jason Gray's on Instagram. Follow Chummies Edibles, C-H-U-M-M-Y-S Edibles uh, on Instagram. That's our business page. But um, And same thing on Facebook, man. I'm easy to find. Definitely, definitely. Dave, you got anything else you want to put out oh, there? I was going to say in the podcast. 
Because because if you if you don't catch the show on Thursday, the Jays and Grays on Thursday, you can still catch it on on Apple Music. Yep, yep. Uh, then the Jays and Grays podcast we do Thursdays, eight thirty p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, six thirty p.m. Uh, Pacific. Yeah. They say Chummies. That's C H U M M I. No, M M Y. Y is it? Y. Okay, yep. I'm putting it up right now. All right. Okay, I see it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to follow it right now on on uh, IG. No but, uh, yeah, like I said, once again, man, thank you, bro. And um, appreciate everybody who checked out the show this week uh, and who's been checking out the show. Uh, we go, we'll be coming back next week. We're going to have uh, Alderman Andre Vasquez from the 40th Ward going to be joining us. So uh, uh, another great show uh, we'd like to have next week. And this was definitely a great one as well. With uh, with Eli and Dave, man, definitely support Jays and Grays, and uh, keep supporting us. We uh, we are radio.com War on Anchor, we could get all our podcasts, and uh, War on YouTube, of course. If you're watching us <laughs> here on YouTube, you could you know you can see you know what that's about. So uh, definitely, we'll be back next Tuesday again with the show and uh, all the Ben Andre Vasquez. Keep following Eli and what he's doing. And uh, keep following me and Dave, and uh, you know we go. We'll be back with y'all next week, man. Keep uh, keep hustling, man. Keep surviving, and uh, definitely don't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, All right. appreciate you, man. All right, thank you.